da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. What's up, man fam? Welcome to another edition of the Mad About Movies podcast. I am your host tonight, Brian Gill. Uh, my my typical co-hosts, Kent and Richard, are not here tonight. I'm gonna I'm joined by a guest. So I'm gonna introduce him in just a second here. There are just it's the summer. There's a lot of movies going on. There's also a lot of scheduling stuff that happens in the summer. We all have busy lives and work schedules and things like that. So this week we decided we were going to kind of divide and conquer the various movies that are out. So Kent and Richard are currently, as I speak, are currently reviewing Midsummer, which is a movie that I would never see in a million years under any circumstances whatsoever, but I have heard is very good. And uh, they both saw it, so they're excited to talk about it. So that episode will be on the main feed as well as this one. That one may came out bef- come out before this one. I don't know. So... Uh, we also have a Stranger Things season three episode that's going to be out on the main feed. Kent and I just recorded that one. And then our VIP feed movie this week will be the 1984 classic, the masterpiece, uh, Gremlins. So be on the lookout for that. So lots of content this week, especially if you're a, uh, if you're a VIP. Uh, one of our VIPs, you like that segue? Uh, one of our VIPs is here with me now. I am, I am joined now by our good friend, Sean. Sean, how you doing? man good brian how you doing good thanks so much for being here dude happy uh, to be here sean is one of our as i said is a vip he is uh in the eye on the vip that's a a level of uh of patronage over at madamamoviespodcast.com slash vip if you want to check that out and sign up for uh for that once you get to a certain level of patronage over there one of the rewards is you get to be on a movie and a movie review and talk about uh the movie of your choice with at least one of us, as you have gotten tonight, Sean. You got one of us. So uh, maybe you're not getting your money's worth. I don't know. So, Sean, um, I want to talk. We're, we're talking Stuber tonight. We'll get into that here in a second. But I always like to ask the VIP a couple of questions and get to know you just a little bit uh, before we get into the movie review. So I'm, gonna, I'm sure you kind of know what's coming, but I'll, I'll put you through the, the paces just a bit here. Have you seen a movie called Now You See Me? Um, yes, I have. It's been a while since I saw it two, three, four times, four times in the theater. <laughs> um, and all I can say is that I'm happy that Jesse Eisenberg was able to, uh, get his, uh, get his act together after, uh, the, uh, social network and was able to do such a great movie and go sure. on to be the, uh, the piss jar guy. So, yeah. It's a real uh, it's upward momentum for old Jesse. Uh, oh, yeah. Quite quite a move up from Now You See Me to, uh, from, excuse me, from Social Network to Now You See Me. Okay, have you seen, second question, have you seen a movie called McGruber? I have, yes. Great movie or greatest movie? Oh, oh, greatest. Okay. All time. Good. up Way up there. Perfect, uh, perfect amount of 80s cheese, and uh, I'm excited for the sequel once it hits Crackle Plus. <laughs> Perfect. One of my, I mean, genuinely, we've been doing this show for so long, and one of the, one of the funniest things to me, and that is that a part of genuinely part of our legacy, whatever that may be, whether however small and limited it, it may be, genuinely part of our legacy is is uh, how many, how much people. Um, <laughs> connect mcgruber to us and that like when mcgruber is on hbo we will get 
a dozen emails and tweets and stuff like that of people being like, hey, I just wanted to let you know MacGruber's on HBO now, so you got to check that out. And we're just like, yep, we know, and we're so thrilled that you reminded us so we can remind people. And so we've kind of spread the gospel of MacGruber and I think have actually had an impact on that that movie's success post-DVD uh, release and stuff. So that's great. Sean, what's your favorite movie of all time? Um, I'm going to go with an old one and say Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Nice. Um, yeah, just watched that for the first time last year and was completely blown away by it. So awesome. Yeah, that that's my that's my favorite right now. That's great. Did did you uh, were you able to see it in theater when it it released for the uh, the special edition or whatever? However, I think that was last year or the year before. No, I no, I didn't see it in theaters. I uh, I got the uh, the special 4K nice. blah nice. blah and watch it there. Mm, the laser disc, cool. Yep. Um, that's great. Yeah, I saw. I'd seen Close Encounters. We reviewed that on on this show at some point, maybe on the VIP feed last year, the year before. But they did a re-release in theaters. It might have been 2017. I don't remember what. I feel like it was the 40th anniversary, but I could be wrong on that. Regardless, they they released it in theaters, and I I realized that this was like the last chance that I would have to see like a peak prime Spielberg movie in theaters for the first time because every other every other one of his movies I've seen in the theater at some point or another that one I hadn't and uh so I went to check that out and it was just it was really cool to be in the theater for that that experience and see that out last question and then we're gonna get into to our review here uh the reverse of that what is your least favorite movie your most hated movie of all time oh man um well this last year I saw for I saw my first Medea movie for the first time ever, and it had to be the Medea's family funeral, and I have no idea what the hell I was watching. It looked like a low-rent sitcom that uh, was made by the uh, pocket change that Tyler Perry found in his couch. <laughs> he's, an, he's an enigma. He's an interesting guy. Uh, one of my coworkers who I'm very close with is, is a huge Medea fan, and, it, and it's, uh, it is a point of not quite contention, but at least... Uh, least humorous contingent between us because of the the back and forth that we have with the over Medea. So cool. Um, well, again, thanks so much for being here. And if you're interested, if you, the listener, is interested in uh, finding out more about how Sean got to be here tonight, you want to check out, again, madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP for all the information there and join up for uh, bonus content and throwbacks and other kind of fun rewards that uh, that you get from that their patronage. Um, let's talk Stuber here sean i was excited about this movie quite a bit to be honest i thought the trailer was really good uh i felt one of the things that i think you can tell from a trailer is tone and i thought it had the right tone within the trailer for the the comedy action buddy cop movie sort of feel that we were going for i love both of these the main characters here i love uh, Kamal and I love uh, I love Batista and I thought that they actually had the f- the they should fit well together on screen and it would be a fun movie. Um, I confess that I'm pretty disappointed in the finished product and wish that it had lived up to what I again what I felt like was a really good trailer and a, and a pretty good concept. Uh, I want to get into why I think this kind of failed on a lot of levels and obviously is failing with uh, audiences because it did not do well 
box office wise it also did not do well with critics and I'll, I'll pull that up and, and we'll talk about it here in a second but but sean i want to turn it over to you what are you what's uh i guess let's start with what drew you to this movie because you did ask to be on this episode after i had to move you from another episode and so uh it was at least your second choice so i you know but let's what drew you to this movie did you see kind of the same things that i did with the the trailer did it lead you to feel like we were getting something good here and and then just kind of give me your general thoughts on on stuber Oh, totally. Um, yeah, I when in seeing the trailer, I, I kind of felt the same way that you did with, um, you know, being a fan of Kumail Nanjiani and being, you know, after the big sick, wanting to see what his next starring role would be. And then, you know, Dave Batista getting a opportunity to do a starring role outside of the Guardians movies. Hmm. So I thought that, you know, going by their uh, by the trailer. Um, it looked like it was going to be really good, but yeah, I felt the same way. I don't know if it was the the writing or or what the the direction of the movie was, but yeah, I, I agree. I was really disappointed that it wasn't more interesting than it could have been given the the given the premise. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think that's a good. I think that's a good way to put it. Um, I've enjoyed this type of this genre i guess this the action comedy i think about movies like 21 and 22 jump street which are both uh to me are just incredible accomplishments of both comedy and action of blending those two things together And and those movies are heavier heavier comedy than they are action for sure but still um there's there's value on the action side of things and so um those are kind of the but but others the heat and and uh the heat and and there's plenty of movies that kind of fit within this sort of style of movie this is the perfect time of year for that type of movie that's we get a lot of blockbustery type things and it's it's nice to have a uh, a movie that that still feels like it has some kind of blockbuster elements to it, but is a little bit different and is more of a comedy and a little more humorous and stuff. So I was I was so pumped for this. Um, I've said many times before, I try I never read a review or listen to a podcast or anything like that of a movie before we have reviewed it on the show, and I try to stay away from Rotten Tomato scores and stuff like that until we get to a place where we can, you know, we can talk about the movie itself. And I don't, cause I don't want that to, to, uh, taint my, my judgment or whatever. Um, I did see the scores on this one early and I was really bummed. And then I saw the tracking numbers of what they were expecting. The movie was going to make box office wise. And it was, it was also a little depressing. Like I said, I did not, I of course did not think that this was going to beat Spider-Man far from home or probably toy story at the box office, but I didn't for a minute think that it was going to get, crushed by crawl a movie about alligators in a house or something um that that totally took me off guard and the the rotten tomato score was a bummer but having seen the movie you know i i I get it i see where where it was coming from did you feel let's start with this did you feel like there was one part of the action comedy algorithm or equation or whatever you want to say was there one part that was better than the other did you feel like they both kind of left us wanting more um I think that it, and you brought up films like Heat and the Jump Street movies where, you know, on the comedy side, the, the person who's the typical comedian is more like the bombastic type playing mm-hmm. off of the, the drier action star. And I think with Camille Nanjiani's brand of comedy, that he's more of like the drier, um, you know, subtle yeah. type of type of comedian. And, you know, playing off of Batista, who's also the... Um, 
the kind of the understated action person. Like he's not very out there unless mm-hmm. he's like you know body slamming somebody. But I thought that the action, if if you know if I had to choose one, I would say that the action definitely played more uh, than the comedy side. I think that they could probably have ramped up uh, ramped up the funny there. Yeah, I thought the I that's a that's a good uh, that's a good point there. I thought the action was fine. Here's here's where my I think my issue came in with the blend of these two things was I didn't think the action was good enough for an action movie and I definitely didn't think the comedy was good enough for a comedy. And when you have those two things combined it it feels like both are disappointing you a little bit. And, and to be frank, I don't I don't think I don't think either side of that equation was just terrible. It's not like the action was just was just super bland or uh, you know, you can't keep up, you keep up with what's happening on screen and the comedy, I laughed plenty. I wasn't sitting in my seat, just staring at the screen. Like, when are you going to make me laugh or anything? But they both seem to, there just seemed to be something off in the, the mix of those two things. And when you, when you do that, when you have a, I don't know, I, I tend to feel like when the mix is wrong, even if the action's good or passable and the comedy's good or passable, when those two things don't come together, you start to feel like both sides of it are bad, are worse than what they actually are. Does that make sense? We are we on the same page there? Oh, oh yeah, totally. And it from the from an action standpoint, I felt like it it just kind of led to the next set piece. Yeah. Instead of just being kind of like an integrated story where you integrated the comedy more with the action, mm-hmm. it just kind of led to okay, we're going to the strip club and then we're going mm-hmm. to the vet's office and then, you know, we're going to the meetup and stuff like that. So it, it could have been integrated a lot smoother to make it more of an action comedy instead of an action movie that tried to be a comedy, which it kind of felt yes. like. I, I think you're, I think you're spot on there. Um, I also, I, I was, let's say at this point we're, we're in spoilers. I, I don't know that it matters. <laughs> Not a lot of people saw this movie. So, uh, but yeah, we're, we're, I don't want to have to worry about spoilers from here on out. It's, it's, it's a pretty standard action comedy kind of movie. So, um, hopefully it wouldn't be a big concern anyway, but, but we're spoilers from here on. Uh, I thought I like, like I said at the outset, I really, I really enjoy both of these people. I think you're right that they both kind of have a, a style of, uh, of humor that, um, maybe needed somebody to uh, to play that off of, and neither one of them are the I don't know the Chris Pratt to uh, to Bautista's <laughs> uh, Drax or whatever. Um, you you kind of needed that. It's it, similar to like when we when CBS rebooted The Odd Couple with with uh, with Matthew Perry and and Thomas Lindor. It's like well, they're the both the same person like that doesn't the whole point of the odd couple is the difference in their personalities and stuff and they both have the same persona on screen it kind of was like that i thought batista was funny in his own right and i thought kamal was uh kamal was was uh, was funny in his own right and more so than batista it was the i felt like there was almost no chemistry between the two of them especially on the comedy side of things and that ultimately is to me where the the movie falls flat you know we can get around some of the action sequences are pretty lame and lacking and we can get around um the fact that the you know the plot is fairly nonsensical in a lot of ways i mean it's a it's a pretty easy workaround to be like he calls a different uber you know or or whatever that these things can but i'm always willing to suspend reality and put that stuff aside 
but I really needed, I think, the the chemistry between those two guys to to feel like something um, palpable and watchable and enjoyable. And instead, um, it felt like two enjoyable guys who weren't enjoyable <laughs> together in a way, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And yeah, you, you said it. There's really nothing surprising. Like if we're going into spoilers, like that first introductory scene at the police department with Mira Sorvino, mm-hmm. as soon as she walks up to, to Batista and, and explains about, you know, taking the day time off and, you know, giving up the case, I was like, something's going on here and she's going to be not who she says she is. And it turns out that, you know, she was the mole inside the police department the whole time. So, you know, there you go. I just saved everybody 90 minutes, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, exactly. And it's, it's really weird too, like seeing interviews outside of, of the movie when they were doing like pressers and stuff, it seems like that they've had that, that Batista and Kumail have more chemistry doing those pressers and stuff than it yeah. does mm. in the movie and it's like where where was that where is that disconnect um but the the, the action pieces um i i liked the action set piece in the warehouse i thought that was pretty funny mm-hmm. um i thought that the the car chase scene you know but this is all stuff that you saw in the trailer like you know you, yeah. you saw the best you saw the best bits in the trailer and um, I just want to say too, this is kind of a waste of eco Y and it's like, you, you have this great action star from like the raid and mm. all this stuff. And mm-hmm. he's basically just kind of the guy who, you know, is the mustache twirler that you see at the beginning and end of the movie. And mm-hmm. again, nothing really surprising there. Yeah, no, that's a great, that's a great point. And then, and unfortunately that, <laughs> I saw, I don't know if you saw Mile 22 last year, the wall. Oh my God. That was my least favorite film of last year. That was a frustrating 100 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I can't remember if it made my bottom 10 of the year, but it was, it was certainly in the running if it didn't. And that was the same thing. I was like, I I walked out of that movie being like, I mean, that dude was awesome. And he's barely in the movie. He's barely used for throughout the course of this thing. That's that's probably not what we really uh we really should have been going for. You like you you know, you you maybe messed up the power dynamic of Mark Wahlberg uh versus this guy cuz he's he's uh he's much better. He's much better. Yeah. yeah. And then not not a great and you know, it's unfortunate. I mean, I fall into this too cuz I don't watch very many foreign films. Either. I have seen The Raid and he's awesome in The Raid and that movie's great. Um but for the bulk, I would I would guess at least the bulk of American audiences, uh, this is this and and, and Mile Twenty Two are both they didn't neither one of them made much of the box office, but that that does serve as kind of the introduction for uh for him uh to American audiences, and it's not very representative of what he is capable of doing. They did not utilize him well uh, at all, at all, at all, at all. Um, I think I think you're you're dead on there. What do we do? What do we make of Bautista? Let me let, let's go with that because I've I'm not a rest I'm not a, a wrestler. Re, goodness, I can't even talk. I don't watch WWE. Richard and and can't always make fun of me for for having zero interest in this. And I play to the bit of like I I I know who uh, I know who the Undertaker is, and that's about it. That's where my my knowledge dropped. Um, but I do love these guys that that come out of that world and get into more real and or serious acting or action movies and that kind of thing. Cause I think they're all very talented and are, 
highly charismatic and fun to watch and all that stuff. I bought a lot of stock in Bautista uh, over the last couple of years because he's magnificent in, in the Guardians movies. And then he shows a little range with stuff like uh, Blade Runner 2049 and things like that. So I, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I, let's, as somebody who bought a lot of stock, what do you think, Sean? Should I be worried about that? Are we in a bad place? Because I'm looking at his upcoming movies. And he's got this, that My Spy movie just got bumped to 2020. Um, and then he's got a, a, a couple other movies that uh, I'm, a little, I'm a little nervous about in the mix, as well as obviously Dune and, and Guardians of the Galaxy 3. But are we looking at just kind of a blip on the radar? Or do we think this is something that maybe we, maybe we stretched him a little too far? What do you think on that? Um. Yeah, I, I think that for right now, since he did, he he has a lot of uh, a lot of stock that's been built up with the Guardians movies, and like you said, with twenty forty nine, and I think he was in uh, he was Inspector also, the mm-hmm. the Bond mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. So I you know I think everybody is entitled to a one off, and it just sucks that this was his his first like starring role outside of those movies, where it's kind of like. You know, is this guy somebody who we could rely on as a solo action star? So, you know, I'm always willing to give the guy another chance. Sure. But I mean, like, look at The Rock and John Cena. Like, mm. two of those, those are two guys that came from WWE also. And, you know, they had a few duds out of the gate when they right. were, right. Uh, when they when they came out. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I didn't know about my spy getting bumped to 2020. So you know, cross that one off the list. <laughs> and that was another one too that I thought the trailer for for it was was pretty reasonable and had some laughs. And I thought, oh, that could be for August. That could be fine. And yeah, apparently that's not the it's not the case after some of the test audience stuff. Um, yeah, I, I think I I guess I would say I feel a little <laughs> I feel a little less good about all the stock I bought on him, but I don't feel like it's it's going to be. A, a waste or anything like that. And I think Kamal is safe. I, that's, this is, if I would put both of them in the same camp of most of the problems with this movie are not their fault. Maybe a little bit more so on Bautista. I didn't think that he brought quite what I was need, what the movie needed from him more so than, uh, than Kamal. I, I think he, he did about what he was supposed to do within this. It just, turned out not to be that great of a movie um that's that's my take anyway would you agree with that or you feel like that's i, I should yeah. hear a little bit more on him <laughs> well i i mean i i did a a write-up about it and i compared it to how he was essentially velma from scooby-doo for the for the most part of the movie where mm. he's uh wandering around trying to solve the case without his glasses so um <laughs> I mean, going into it, I didn't know that that was the premise. Like, he went in and got LASIK. I just thought, you know, he was the guy that needed to be chauffeured around town. And I thought that the premise of him, you know, getting the LASIK and trying to solve this case while he couldn't really see was kind of interesting. But, yeah, you hit it on the nose. Like, I think it had – I think it lies on the story. Like, Mm -hmm. the the construction of the story needed to be a little bit more interesting given how interesting the premise was. Yeah, I think that's – I think that's very accurate. I say this all the time, um, but this seems like a movie that sounded like a great idea in the pitch. It sounded great in a 10-page treatment for what the movie was going to be about. The conceit is funny, and it's just, hey, we're going to get uh, these two guys. They're complete opposites. See, this guy's a big 
strong manly dude and this guy is a you know a kind of a goofy goofy lame comedian and it'll be great it'll be fun we'll we'll use uber as you know this this major conceit through the it'll be very relevant and and great and then the execution of of kind of building that out to uh, 110 pages or whatever is is where you start to feel like oh actually there's not a lot of story here and a lot of times what happens in that situation is when the story doesn't kind of come out the way that you expect it to or it doesn't play the way you were expecting it to when you start shooting it you tend to rely on the the funny and just say well these guys are funny so they'll figure out how to make this work and if those two guys don't have chemistry or the stuff that they're being given doesn't work or the stuff that makes it into the film because who you know i don't know how adept uh either of these two guys are at 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 improving or or whatever, but you, you, you may, there are parts where I kind of got the sense that, um, some of the stuff that was, that made it into the final cut, um, maybe wasn't the best material that we could have come up with as a kind of a, as all of them coming together to figure out the best jokes and the best way to put this thing together. And it just started to feel a bit haphazard at times and it gave me the feeling uh, that I get from this kind of movie too often where it's like they were relying way too heavily on these two people are funny. So therefore we, that will make this movie work and that will make it uh, a passable movie. And, and uh, unfortunately I don't, I don't think that that's totally the case. I also think Sean, I, I got, I felt like the, the whole bit with uh, Kamal and his, uh, the girl, not the girlfriend, his business partner, and uh, the the kind of the will the 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 love that he has for her, and whether or not it's it's return and stuff. I didn't. I needed that to either be um, a little more prevalent within the story and have some significance within the story, or be funnier, or just be cut altogether because it didn't add anything to the story for me. Yeah, same and. Uh, kind of on that note too, like the the whole uh, with with uh, Batista's daughter, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that that kind of felt like another thing with with the the love story with Kamal and the girl with the 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 spin class. Yeah, like we need to have something that they can play off of to make them feel like there's something more than mm-hmm. well he's the Uber driver and he's the cop, so we have to kind of give them a side story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely felt a little shoehorned in and I agree it could have been again, much like the entire movie could have been a lot funnier or, um, taken a lot, you know, maybe a little bit more seriously, I think in terms of, of the, the Batista and his daughter. Uh Um, but yeah, it just kind of all played as a goof that didn't come off as well as it could have. Yes. No, I, I 100% agree. I think you could have gone more serious or less serious and more funny. Either way would have been fine. But um, I think that the, I, you know, I thought, I think the Betty Gilpin character, Becca, and the Natalie Morales character, Nicole, the daughter, like both, they're fine. It's just, I think probably we could have taken the screen time. We could have just cut one all together and taken the screen time from one and given it to the other or vice versa. Natalie Morales is really funny and she has, I think has some real uh, screen presence, whether it's parks and recreation or uh, Abby's place or the, the various things that she's been a part of. I think she's really funny. I just think that would have been a better idea to just to kind of streamline that whole storyline. If we're going to have these, this kind of uh, the romance element hanging out there in the balance, then let's, 
pick a lane and stick with it instead of kind of dividing between those two things would be to me would have been the way to go. Um, but, uh, and, and I, I feel like that's pretty, uh, that would have been, that would have made for a better experience overall. But yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, there's, I'll ask you if you feel like there's anything that is just terrible that we need to, to point out or if, if it, you feel like it's more just kind of meh and mediocre throughout. I don't, I don't know if you have something that sticks out to you. No, I don't think that there's anything terrible about it. It's just kind of fine. Like mm, the action mm-hmm. is fine. The, yeah. the story is fine. The comedy is fine. It, it's, you, there's nothing surprising. I mean, it, it's, it's just an okay way to uh, spend an hour and a half in an mm-hmm. air-conditioned movie theater. And, you know, if that's what you're looking for, sure. Then, sure. then then so be it. Or you can, you know, see anything else. But, you know, that, <laughs> it, sure. if, if you're hard on your luck, then, mm-hmm. then go and see Stuber. That's kind of the, I don't know, uh, the anthem of 2019 at the, at the theater. It just has been... It's been a lot of meh to meh plus, you know, it's just kind yeah. of like it was fine, I guess. Um, I typically, you know, I keep track of the grades that I give out through the course of the year and a half for, um, I don't know, maybe almost 15 years now and like a very cool person. And mm-hmm. um, I feel, I think B minus is probably the grade I've given out the least over that time is it's just, I I like to be all in or all out. I'm not a big kind of middle of the road type of person in general. And I don't like to be that way. in in my reviews, and we've said on this show a thousand times, like the worst kind of movie to review is a, is a C plus to a B kind of movie. Cause it's just harder to talk about you rather than, I want all movies to be great, but if they can't be great, I'd rather them have the decency to be terrible because it's just, at least there's something more to talk about there. And I feel like I've given out a ton of B minuses this year. And it just has been that range, that C to be ranges has felt appropriate for so many movies this year. Um, and then just kind of falls into that whole, the idea of like, it was fine. It was, you know, whatever. I'm never going to think about it again. I'm never going to encourage somebody to go out and see it. But if you do, it's like, there's worse ways that you could spend your money and your time for sure. Um, yeah. I don't regret seeing it, but yeah. I pretty much, if it wasn't for the fact that I was going to be on this show, I probably would have forgotten about half the movie already. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that's, I think that's spot on. And that's a disappointment too, again, because I, th- I, it, it does have a good trailer and it's, this is one of the few instances for me at least where I feel like, uh, the trailer, the tone of the trailer kind of betrays what actually the, the, the movie becomes. I, I, I really thought I could tell, oh, this is going to be funny. It didn't feel like one where all the funny stuff was in the trailer and nothing else was, was going to happen through the course of the movie. And instead, so that's, exa- I mean, truly, that's exactly what, what it was. There were some, I mean, I had a few like genuine laugh out loud moments, but I saw this two days ago and I can't remember them now, you know? And so that's, that starts to tell you something. Um, I, I think that for me, the bit in the strip club was probably mm, my sure. one big laugh out loud moment when he was doing the the FaceTime call mm-hmm. with the with mm-hmm. the strippers walking around him. I thought that that was probably the funniest bit of the movie. But yeah, I, I'm totally on board with you on that one. Sure, sure. Okay, well, I I don't have anything else here. Um, if you're if you're all done, let's let's hit some grades here and and finish this one out. Uh, so, Sean, what's What's your grade for Stuber? I gave it a C minus. Um, yeah, like you know, like we said, it's just kind of there, and it, it could have been a lot better had they've gone 
any other direction than the direction that they went in. So mm. C minus for me. Okay. Yeah, I think I've struggled with where to, to slot this one. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with a C plus, I guess. I don't know. When I get into C minus and the and and D range, that, that starts to put you in the conversation of gonna be in the, the bottom ten of the year and I, I don't I don't think it's gonna be in that range, so but it certainly is not one, even as like a TNT movie, you know, it's, this is not going to be one that I'm going to, I'm going to be like, yeah, flip that on. We'll watch 30 minutes of Stuber. That's fine. Um, I just, it, it really, it's in, in a lot of ways, man, it's, it's more disappointing even than it is bad. I just, I thought we were, we were in for a fun time and instead it just, like you said, it just, it's just a movie that is instead. And that's, that's a, that's a bummer. That's a bummer. All right, so a C minus for you and a C plus for me. Uh, if Kent or Richard ever get to this one, we'll get a grade from them as well at some point down the road. Uh, but I would say if, if like the vast majority of America, you did not go see Stuber this weekend, you're probably okay to do so. Uh, all right, well, let's take a little pause here and let's hit a weekly recommend. Weekly recommends. All right, Sean, you are our guest here, as you well know, and you, you get to go first, my friend. What's, uh, what's your weekly recommend? Um, my weekly recommend is a movie that I first saw a couple years ago that finally got released on VOD a couple weeks ago, and it's called My Days of Mercy. It's a film starring uh, Kate Mara and Ellen Page, and it sounds like a really heavy movie, but it's got a lot of heart to it. It's two women who are on opposing sides of the death penalty debate Mm. and uh, just kind of the friendship and eventual romance that spawns between the two of them. So uh, it's a really great movie. It's on VOD, so you kind of have to shell out a few bucks for it, but uh, it's definitely worth the watch. My Days of Mercy uh, is my weekly recommend. Nice. Nice. I'll check that one out. I'm going to recommend a record... uh that I'm a little late to the party on. This is it actually, I think it won the Grammy for best album or best record or whatever. You can't ever keep track of what the actual categories are at the Grammys, but, um, it's, uh, it's Casey Musgraves most recent album, uh, golden hour. And, uh, I've listened to this a little bit on streaming and various platforms like that, but I am a big, I'm a vinyl head, I guess. And I, I love, I buy most, I'm, I'm still very big into, um, actually owning media which makes me very weird at this point but i don't pay as much attention to something when it's on streaming it's just the background for me if it's spotify or amazon music or whatever i'm happily put that on while i'm working or doing something but um it's i don't know it's like a built-in preoccupation or something where it's like i don't really give it the the attention that i intend to until i'm actually listening to the whole album and usually in a, a vinyl format or something. So anyway, I, I bought this record uh, at a local record shop here and uh, popped it in. I bought it with like four other records at the same time that I was really pumped about, that I'm more excited about probably, and put this one on, and it has become the, my favorite of the, the group that I bought. It's a great, a great record, and it touches on, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a little Americana, it's a little bit 90s country, like it's very catchy, her... Her lyrics are really well written. She's got a great voice. It's just a, it's a great, great record, um, and it has a couple songs that have a little more depth to them too than the, the kind of the standard poppiness of it. So I would say I would venture to. I'm not a big country fan. I like 
kind of alt country and Americana type music quite a bit that maybe at this point maybe my favorite genre but I'm very resistant to stuff that is typically labeled as country music um, and even such uh, I think I, I would say that if you're not a country fan I think you could uh, quite enjoy this record because it's it's really really good so uh, check that out again it's uh, Casey Musgraves album uh, Golden Hour so check that out Sean thanks so much for being here man um, if our if our friends on the internet and there are many uh, are looking to uh, to track you down to get in touch with you where might they find you um, I am on Twitter and Instagram at MovieBurb, M-O-V-I-E-B-I-R-B, and you can find all of my reviews at MovieBurb.com. Awesome. Thanks, man. I'm gonna, I'll check that out. I'll check that out. I always love the uh, finding out the, the VIPs that, that uh, have podcasts and written content and stuff like that. Um, so I'll definitely, I'll definitely have a look at that. You can find me at BGill12. You can find my writing at MadAboutMoviesPodcast.com and the Mad About Movies podcast newsletter. You can find the show on Twitter at Mad About Movies, on Facebook, Mad About Movies podcast, Instagram, Mad About Movies podcast. Uh, again, check out our VIP feed at madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review. That always makes a big difference for us as we try to fight against all the other various movie podcasts out there. It's a very bloody brawl every single week, and uh, we, we greatly appreciate your help in winning those wars. Um, again, here on the main feed, you're going to have a Midsummer review uh, available to you pretty quickly. You'll have a Stranger Things Season 3 episode as well, and then uh, Gremlins throwback will be on the vip feed this week next week we'll be talking about the lion king the uh, reboot remake whatever you want to term it uh, and we're very much looking forward to that or not looking forward to that depending on who you talk to on this show uh thank you so much again for listening and until next time we will see you at the cinema goodbye hey baby i hear the blues are calling toss salads and scrambled eggs and maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. The salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.